Praise the Lord Church family. It's time for another two-parter this week and I am stupid excited to be able to share, after a three-year waiting period, the revelation of the meaning of sacrifice. But I can't share about the sacrifice before I lay a foundation of the tithe. And yes, it's about so much more than just the money. In fact, God didn't require a financial tithe until after the Israelites left Egypt the first time. In Genesis, Cain and Abel gave the first fruits of the land because that was all they had to give. Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of all he had, and later Jacob made a vow to do the same, at that point he did of finances to give however, and so that too was given freely. The first command by God to Moses was given in Leviticus 27:30, saying, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord, it is holy to the Lord. So I guess my biggest question for you this post is this, what, besides money, are we supposed to tithe today? Some of this might be a matter of personal conviction, but I've seen so many lives absolutely transformed by applying the principles of the tithe. Jobs and provision coming out of nowhere, homes made available and doors open that could not have come from anything but a heavenly source, unlocked by honoring God in this way. To start with, let's take a look at Matthew 6, specifically verses 19-24. These verses are part of Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. He first speaks against several things like hypocrisy, lust and anger, and then he speaks for several things like giving to the needy, prayer, fasting and treasure. He then speaks about anxiety, but there will be more on that later. Matthew 6 19-24, ESV, says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now most people look at this verse and the ones preceding it, as not being very interconnected. But let me show you how they can relate to each other before I show you why we should tithe on each of them as well. Let's go in the same order he does. The first topic he addresses in chapter 6 is giving to the needy. About our need to help one another without making it abundantly known to help one another because it's right and because we, bear one another's burdens as it states in Galatians 6 2. We should do this joyfully too, as God loves a cheerful giver. This can be easily seen as an issue of the heart, and you can clearly see where it ties into not being able to serve both God and money, let's be honest. Being able to bless other people financially and otherwise is a huge part of any healthy ministry. It helps us to stay focused on why we minister in the first place and gets our attention off of us, and back onto the people around us that are hurting and desperate and broken. We serve an invisible God, but that doesn't mean that God always meets needs invisibly. Nine-tenths times I would argue that He meets needs visibly, through us, His hands and feet in Christ. If we're not willing to meet people's physical needs, what makes us think that we have any right to try and meet their spiritual ones? The tithe lays a foundation to build off of, not a roof to remain under. The tithe is gratefully returning to God his rightful portion, not because he needs it, but because we do. I was trying to study it out these past two weeks, but if I'm reading it right, most of the early financial tithes of Israel went to building the tabernacle later on. And the food tithes always went to the Levites, the priests, as their sustenance since their work was the Lord's. The Levites needed that tithe to live off of. They didn't earn an income to buy bread any other way. God doesn't need the tithe, but we are provided for in our giving of it whether directly or indirectly our needs are met through our obedience. If the Levites had starved, 
who would have offered the sacrifices to atone for their sins and hold back the wrath of God. Next, Jesus talks about the manner in which we are to both pray and fast. But why do I think either of those have to do with the tithe? Time, talent, and treasure is why. Prayer is equal parts of time commitment, and a relationship. It is being intentional about both listening and speaking. It is honoring God with our undivided presence and showing that we trust Him with our day enough to seek Him before its problems arise. It is demonstrating that we are trying to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, knowing that all these things will be added unto us after. And fasting? Fasting isn't just about the food. It's about committing to Him in the secret, sacred places. It's about controlling our appetites before our appetites control us. It teaches us to war for a purpose and it proves that when His Spirit is strengthened our flesh will be made weak. It is showing God that we value what He wants more than what we want. About five or six years ago, my friend from a church in Evansville was doing a 21-day Daniel fast with his church that, at the time, I tried my best to stick to with him. It was to bring in the new year right, and it was eye-opening at just how far people were willing to go to honor him and put him first in all things. Well day 21 rolls around and my friend tells me that he's gonna keep going. I cautiously asked him for how long, and he explained that he did the math and that a tenth of a year was roughly 36 days. He wanted to keep going that long. When I asked him why, he simply replied that he wanted to see what God could do with it. And church, let me tell you. God did a lot with it. Revelation, provision, and peace being chief among them from memory. There is power in fasting, but there is an unbelievable power in fasting the tithe. Now not everyone, myself included as of yet, can fast that long at once. But spread out over the year in spurts? What would that do in our own lives? What are you desperate for? To encourage you further in this, in speaking of once all the tithe had been brought into the storehouse, Malachi 3:11, KJV, says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. But God isn't just talking about the physical harvest here. He's talking about the spiritual harvest. The fruits of our labor will come to fruition, He will rebuke every lie and our seeds will not be devoured by falsehoods, preconceived notions, former hurts or any other reason people have to not give God a try. This is the power of the tithe. So after Jesus addresses all these things, He says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It also then says to be anxious for nothing. So let me ask you this, is your heart filled with the treasures of mammon or the treasures of God? Are there rooms filled with wisdom as fine rubies, and knowledge like gold? Or are there swords of anxiety that slash away at your peace? Could there be shields of hurt and anger that keep the provider away? I ask these questions not to accuse, but to gently confront. More and more it seems like we don't see ourselves struggling with the financial tithe, but the time tithe? It is not as separate as it would seem. The truth is that if we really trusted God to provide the way we say, we wouldn't hesitate to spend our time with Him because we would know that He would return to us in abundance over what we gave. And in a financial sense, if we really had a desire to bear one another's burdens, why aren't we helping to bear the burden of the cross? Instead of carrying the cross with Him, Judas, we are carrying the weight of the silver that betrayed Him. God so strongly told me that I had no right to speak about the sacrifice if I were not willing to speak on the tithe. This is why. The tithe shows us where our heart is but the sacrifice shows us where He wants to be in us. Next week I'm going to be writing about the revelation of the sacrifice, but in the meantime I ask that you pray about your own heart and the areas that God may have convicted you in during the course of this update. I know one of the reasons for myself this took so long was because sometimes I struggle to see myself as a tither in more than just finances. I'm trying to be more intentional about tithing my worship, instead of the majority praise, and tithing my time. 
I don't want God to ever become an afterthought of the blessing. What I do know is that we cannot outgive our Creator, and we cannot sacrifice in the wrong mindset and expect to be blessed. Have a great week, and may He grant us all grace as we grow.